that what go. started nice. everybody asking me what does the fox say? That's what started it, bro. Of course, if you know what a you know what an actual fox says, right? It sounds like a screeching banshee in the woods. Yeah, heard a fox. Yeah, they yeah, got cool little cool. sounds yeah, too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Uh, so that being said. Welcome to the Black Top Pulpit by the Church at Sunsites. Uh, I am Andrew. I am the pastor here at the Church at Sunsites, and I'm here with uh, one of our church members, PA, and uh, our other elder, Albert Kester. We all. Uh, what were your What were your thoughts about uh, the Fox? I mean, Sunday sermon. <laughs> what does Andrew say? Ding, 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 ding. I know, I, Should I, I say just, that from the pulpit this, yeah, this well, coming well, Sunday? <laughs> it's the sad fact. I don't know when that came out, but it's like, I, I never knew why people kept coming up to me and saying, what does the fox say? And now I know, and I can't yeah. unhear that. <laughs> Albert has quite the list there. To, to I know, I'm getting side. scared here. <laughs> I mean, he's got it going on. I took copious notes. <clears throat> How do you have such good handwriting, Gunny? I'm sorry, what? How do you have such... <clears throat> I can read that. I, I used to write um, orders. Well, should we read yeah. the text? Yeah. yeah. Read, read the text and then, uh, and then talk about what we, what we thought of it here? Of course. All right. This text was 1 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 8. It is actually reported that there is immorality, porneia, among you, an immorality of such a kind as does not exist even among the Gentiles, that someone has his father's wife. You have become arrogant and have not mourned instead, so that the one who had done this deed would be removed from your midst, For I, on my part, though absent in body but present in spirit, have already judged him who has committed this, as though I were present. In the name of our Lord Jesus, when you are assembled, and I with you in spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus, I have decided to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Mm. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump, just as you are, in fact, unleavened. For Christ, our Passover, also has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth." Um, yeah, so that was the, the text at hand, and of course our, our normative method here is expository preaching, going through word by word and verse by verse, so uh, well, yeah, what did you guys think? <laughs> this is going to be the, the silent episode. <laughs> I'm just, I'm a little intimidated. I mean, God's frightening me. He's got all kinds of good stuff. I'm not sure we have the prerequisite to have an opinion. <laughs> oh, that's poignant. You have the spirit? Amen. You have the spirit, you have the spirit. There it is. <laughs> well, let's see. You talked about the principles of, of, of uh, discipline, excuse me, mm-hmm. which is discipleship. Yes. And other sermons in the church more than in the world. Mm. You mentioned greed. Mm-hmm. And 
people come because they want to go to heaven. It's all about me. Mm -hmm. and the church there at Corinthians didn't mourn over this man's sin. It, it was sort of like they were arrogant and just accepted his sin or justified his mm -hmm. sin. And humility confesses sin. So there was no humility in the church. It was all arrogance, which is in the people, which is in us. Mm -hmm. And you talked about Christian judgment in Matthew 7. Yes. Whatever you, however you judge others, it will be used against you. Mm -hmm. And then you, you said something which I remember and which I've heard before. Do not judge those outside the church. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. That's how everybody loves you. Yeah, when, when I think, when I think of Christ saying, "Do not judge," I, I think He says, "Don't judge the way the Father does, or He does," which is final. There's, yeah. there's no, there's mm -hmm. no. It's over. Yeah. There is no. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no second bite out of the apple, as, as they say. And then you talk about excommunication. <laughs> what church you know of that? preaches excommunication from the pulpit. Not, not many. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard a sermon that even mentioned excommunication or, uh, or, well, I've heard, I've heard sermons though about uh, getting rid of the evil from your midst. I've, I've heard that. Oh yeah. But usually it's That's a, very real. Usually it's like in a very condemning manner. Like, yeah, um, it's not done with love. It's yeah, done out it's, of inward desire. It's ritualistic. And yeah. it's and it's legalistic, um, whereas this text wasn't wasn't getting at legalism no. at all. No. Uh, it was recognizing the fruit of unrighteousness and basically saying uh, this person cannot be a, a member with the church, one with the church, because this person is bearing fruit that proves he or she is not in Christ. That right. being that being living in the sin of porneia in this mm, yeah, particular yeah. case, right? Yeah. Oh, I've had other cases, well, not other cases, but I, I remember a couple of situations to where, you know, it, it's like it's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and you kind that even pagans do not tolerate yeah. in the church. I've been told before. I can think of two instances. Please don't ask me what year, but, <laughs> but I've been told before as I'm telling them with love and showing them and they're like, well, yeah, but I'm forgiven. Oh, oh yeah. See, there's a lot of people out there that really don't have a relationship with Christ that believe that they do. Right. And then they right. go to church and they mm -hmm. say, well, I should be forgiven this because I'm a Christian and, yeah. and it's written. And I've lived twice in 20, how, a while. Um, but yeah, they, they believe that they think, well, I'm going to church and I'm punching my church time card and I go here and I go there and I do this and do that. Mm -hmm. And they have absolutely no idea of fruits right. or well, what these fruits are that yeah. we're talking about. Well, that brings up a, an interesting theological perspective, right? Ouch. Uh, that theological perspective is um, coined or, or given the name, the title uh, free grace, right? So you come into church. So this is like the the Todd White. Todd White will teach free grace. So he he goes and he's healing people on the streets, right? Um, well, we can sure. prove we can prove how no one of your legs isn't actually longer than the other. He's twisting, you know, he's twisting. Uh, you, you can, you can prove you can prove what he's doing, right? Right. Um, so he's he's faking these healings on the street, and at the same time 
There's no presentation of the gospel, no call to repentance. Mm-hmm. Instead, his, his message is, bro, God just, God just loves you and he, and he forgives you. And it's, it's just, just like that. Right. Oh, and so that's the doctrine of free grace. And there are people who would not classify themselves as uh, prosperity preachers or word of right. preachers like right. Tom but, Wright. Um, but from the pulpit, they say, if you pray this prayer, right. you will be for, forgiven. And they indicate that no matter what fruit you're bearing, there's nothing that can remove you from the hand of Christ. Now, there is a truth there. We do have security and right. salvation. If yeah, we love are, them, if we are really saved, if you love them, right? Yeah, if we are really saved, if we have repented and if uh, we have sincerely confessed Christ as Lord, rather than just trying to get out of of hell, and that brings us to the doctrine of of sanctification. Like right. we we are converted, our hearts are regenerated, and those roots they will produce fruit. It's not that we have to produce fruit to stay in the faith. It's that exactly. if we are in the faith at all, we will produce fruit. We will be we will be delivered from the from the presence and the power and the consequences of sin. Right. We will be delivered from that. So there, there will be fruit, which means that the faith is also not legalistic. So it's not free grace. Right. And it's also not really legalistic, uh, like what some might call lordship salvation, right? Like, right. okay, you come to Christ. Now you have to do these certain things. No, we, right. wouldn't, put, we wouldn't put it in those terms either mm-hmm. um, because Christ is writing the law upon our hearts. So it's not like, okay, we've confessed Christ as Lord. Now, now there are all these religious and ritualistic and legalistic laws, laws, which is where the, the most fundamental Baptist churches go. Right. And I've been in fundamental Baptist churches before. This is where they go with is hyper legalism. Right. And and that, that turns into burdensome religiosity, uh, ritualism, legalism, which Jesus was totally against. It was Very that, unpalatable. That, yeah, see that especially in Matthew's gospel. So this isn't Man. free grace, Mm-mm. neither is it legalism. This is regeneration that produces faith, that produces works naturally because Christ is writing the law upon our hearts. And that's that's what distinguishes like true Christianity from either either extreme free grace and legalism, right? True Christianity is something different. Yeah. And it's wonderful. It's beautiful. And it's free. <laughs> and free in the sense of liberating. Yeah. <clears throat> I think Paul was more concerned about, well, he was concerned about that man's sin, but he was more concerned about the church's reaction and dealing with that sin. I think that's what he was trying to say. You didn't, I think you mentioned it, I didn't write it down, about turning this man over to Satan. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I'm I'm sure you mentioned it, because it just, it's It's there. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's sort of of there. But you mentioned that the church today encourages false confessions of faith. Oh, sure. I think what you're getting at is walking the aisle Hold up your hand. And, yeah. Altar call. And nothing wrong with walking the Nile no, and saying no, prayer. No, nothing it's at just, all. It's just that often, that's often seen as the mechanism by which yes. Christ saves, and it's, and it's yes. not. Um, yes. if, if that is the thing we think saves us, then we've probably experienced false conversion. Yes. Exactly. But God can use that experience in order to bring us into 
true conversion. He oh, absolutely. Well, Christ said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Mm. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So anything we do apart from Christ has no eternal value. Yeah, that's right. It may have value today. I'm, I'm thinking of people that that uh, aren't Christian who give thousands and millions of dollars to, to such and such. Mm. But scripture says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yeah. And love, from what I understand, isn't love a gift of the spirit? Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have the spirit, you don't really love. You can't. No. It's impossible. And that's sad. Well, yeah, and that's why, true. that's why the world has defined love the way that it has. Oh. Right? Yeah. Uh, which is actually lust rather than love because it's yes. about me fulfilling my desires, my preferences, my identity, or, or whatever. It's about my own gratification. Um, and so because, because the world can't understand Christian love because the world doesn't have the Holy Spirit residing within each person in the world and doesn't understand that kind of self-sacrificing, self-giving of this kind of love that says, you know what, it doesn't matter how I identify myself right. or my preferences or how I think I need to be gratified. I actually recognize that I don't have any of those Needs, needs sexual needs right exactly those actually aren't those actually aren't needs at all like love is self-sacrificial which is as beautiful but you you only get that within within the context of a christian worldview the, the world doesn't have any kind of anything like that right it's all about me uh we can say it this way it's all about the american dream all, oh. all about all about my liberties um all about all about me um persuading others that I can identify myself and that be okay. Right. And that's the way the world operates. Uh, but Christ, Christ shows us something quite different, something in my opinion, way better than yeah. the world gives. Yeah. And you said the church should love the person as Christ does and mourn over his sin and his position in Christ, which I don't think, I don't think people mourn much. anymore. No, I just, I just don't think pe people do. That's why we continue to sin. Mm -hmm. And what did Christ say? Blessed are those who mourn. Yeah. I don't think he's talking about mourning over somebody sick or somebody. Right, right. Yeah. I believe he's talking about mourning because the distance we put between us and Christ. Mm -hmm. And you said when the Holy Spirit enters one's heart, we master sin and sin no longer masters us. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure that we master sin? So I have been I have been thinking a lot, putting a lot of thought into this, a lot of brain power into yeah. I have none. Into, <laughs> into what it means for a person to actually master sin. Yeah. Right? I don't so know, I'm I, pretty good my, at it. My my thought is because we first see this in the scripture, the very first time we see this idea presented in scripture is in Genesis chapter four. Yes. Um, sin crouches at your door. Yeah, sin is crouching yes, at your door. Its desires for you, but you must master sure. it. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking a lot about how one can actually master sin. First of all, it's only possible through regeneration, the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, second, I don't think mastering sin means that you never make a mistake, right? Oh, that, no. It, yeah. That would be, it would be Impossible. crazy to draw it to that extreme, right? But I think mastering sin means... Um, simply put, um, that sin no longer controls us, and that we, when we do sin, when we do take a misstep, that uh, that we're that we're actually able to recognize it, and we mourn over it, and we repent, and 
we do it less, the more we are, we are sanctified, right? Because God has a purpose for sin. And his purpose for sin is to humble us and glorify himself. Okay. And you said discipline yields two goods for the individual to repent. And the church grows towards unity. Oh, absolutely. There's, I think that one of the biggest sins in the church is gossip. Oh, 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 oh. I'm not talking about women only because men gossip too. Just in a different, at a higher level. Yeah. Yeah. It's, at a more painful level, well, I've it, called it. Well, yeah. When, when men are talking, standing around talking, they talk about, oh, the concrete and, the, you know, things like that. Women, <laughs> women, when they talk, they talk about relationships. Yeah. Which is something we men could learn from that. But because of those relationships, gossip tears apart communities, families. That quick. And I'm wondering why. Why is it that I would have to, because gossip generally means negative. Why would I do that? And I thought, well, if I keep the spotlight on them, it's not on me. And at least I don't do that, whatever that is. (laughs) Right. So therefore, I'm better than they are. And this is, well, no. this, 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 this tears apart. I'll, I'll use the word advice. This is damnable to even say that or think that. But within the church, there's, whenever somebody comes up and says, did you hear about Joe? I said, no, no I don't want to know about Joe. <laughs> I, I don't want to know what happened to Joe. Not that I'm holy or anything, but just, I, I, no, I, I don't want, I don't want to, unless there's some redemptive quality in whatever it is you're going to tell me. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to hear it. Well, and there's, um, when it comes to uh, Christian mm-hmm. conversation and yes. the Holy Spirit's sanctification, um, as we are made perfect, and we read this in the New Testament, this is no secret. Mm-hmm. Um, in the New Testament, we are always being encouraged to live uh, quiet, humble lives. Mm-hmm. And to listen much, to speak right. little, right? Yeah. Um, I I do not care for small talk at all. I just I don't care for small talk. Somebody somebody does want to talk about the, the concrete or or the, yeah. or the weather or yeah. or whatever was on TV or whatever. Those conversations, I'm like, this is this is pointless. This is what's going on in my brain. Like, yeah, like this is pointless. Can we talk about something that's that's edifying? I would really like to talk about something that's that's edifying. And I notice the more immature a believer is, the more that person has to speak much, interrupt much, and listen little right the more immature a believer is the more they feel they have to speak talk rather than rather than listen rather than rather than hear rather than consider rather than understand uh, people are surprised when i'm around and i'm i'm basically a quiet person I'm like i thought you were a, you ain't thought, i thought you were a baptist preacher <laughs> uh you know let me get out the collection plate here, and we'll start. Yeah, let me, and we'll start. That's it. That's it. Well, I've, yeah, I've, but it but it really is amazing how the Holy Spirit moves us to more, which means less gossip, and it means less talk that is uh, not edifying at all. Then you said something. You said the old leaven is the law and ritualistic worship. Um, it's not the law itself because no. the law is not nullified, right? No, um, the not. law is not old leaven. The the law is the Word of God, never nullified always there, always right. binding, right? Okay. Um, so the old leaven then, 
would be to live as if enslaved by the law rather than being sanctified by the law. Okay. Right. Would be the, so just to make clarification there, I know I didn't clarify that too much during no, the sermon. Didn't. I have limited time on Sunday morning, <laughs> which is why we started doing black top pulpit. This. Of course, Albert, Al, Albert, Albert would like the sermon to be three hours long. So <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but I'm going to argue that point with Albert. <laughs> I remember going to church, sitting there, and, and and four hours later, leaving like it just started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think Christ spoke for. He said, "Oh, it's lunchtime. Let's get over to the for the people and continue." Uh, if I had that power, y'all, I totally would do that every Sunday. I can, <laughs> so, I can hear him saying, "Long John Silver's ain't got nothing on me." Uh, right. Yeah, but you know uh, that teaches us something that, that I think that a lot of people today go to Jesus for his goodies. Oh, that's what those people wanted. They, they wanted a king. That, I don't have to work anymore. He's going to yeah. give me bread and fish. Right. Oh, you put a little wine in there. I mean, we, we got something going here. So let's make you king. Right, and, I think, and then I got it made. Yeah. Oh, that's See, that's think, a dangerous ideology yeah, I, there. I, I really think that a lot of times we pray out of selfishness. I'm not saying stop praying because right. Scripture right. says right. pray for everything. Season, yeah. yeah. But prayer is a form of worship. Yes, it? it is. Oh, it's yeah. to glorify God. So many times when I'm talking to people about Christ, you know, it's like, and, and we start getting into depth. It's like, really, I'm inviting you to a fight. You know, I, 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 it, this is this is this is not easy. This is the hardest thing you'll ever do, but it's the it's the most rewarding thing you will ever do. Yeah, right. when you realize how much Daddy loves you, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. I mean, you've got to get into that relationship. Yeah. So, Albert mm-hmm. brought up a a really interesting point. You kind of got at it too. Oh. Um, we talked about humility in Christian conversation that yeah. as we are sanctified, um, the more yeah. we listen, um, the more we are interruptible, right. In our lives. And, <laughs> and the less we, and the less we feel a need mm. to make sure we are the ones being heard, the more we just want Christ's word to be out there and for, for God to be the one who is, who is glorified. Uh, this past week, um, the hands on my watch stopped <gasps> working. I want to show you guys this. The hands on my watch, this, this actually ends up being like a, a wonderful thing. Okay. So it's, it's amazing how the little things in life, the Holy Spirit speaks through like little things that happen. So the hands, the hands on my watch stopped working. And I'll show the camera. Five here. If you guys can see that, there are no hands. There are no hands on my watch. They stopped working. So I said, I'm just, <gasps> so I said, so I said, I'm just going to take those off. And continued to wear my watch anyway, because in that moment, I, I was checking the time and the time was completely wrong. And it's like the Holy Spirit. It's like one of life's little illustrations. The Holy Spirit spoke into my heart and said, you're not a slave to time anyway. Time is your slave. You are not a slave to time. Then I started thinking about the way Jesus lives in Scripture. So anytime we think the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, mm-hmm. we always confirm that against the Scripture because the Holy Spirit won't speak against the Scriptures. So I started thinking about how Jesus is living his life. And Jesus lived his life on a schedule. There was a time he came. He was going to die at a certain time. Mm-hmm. He knew he needed to be at certain places at certain times. So he, he kept a schedule, right? Um, and he kept it well. But when people came and interrupted him, 
he was interruptible. So time was his slave. He was not a slave to time. So now every time I go to check the time on my wrist, I'm reminded of the way Jesus lived. And I'm reminded that I too am interruptible, which we just experienced during Blacktop Pulpit, by the way, it'd probably be cut out by the time, (laughs) probably be cut out by the time, probably be cut out by the time we we look at this episode, but we just got interrupted and we paused the episode and we talked and then we continued the episode, you know, it's like this, this watch now is just a continuing reminder of the way Jesus lived, the the example he set, like be interruptible to people. Um, We are not time's slave, it is our slave, uh, which is the same with the law we are not slaves to the law instead the law is the the mechanism by which we are now sanctified uh, which is wonderful and it is beautiful so this talking less listening more carries over into the life of the believer even and this is where we get it the comments you guys just connecting it all together even when it comes to our prayer lives right so people define prayer this is me talking to god I would wager that prayer is more so listening than talking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Big time. Big time. And that's, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's an important realization to make. When scripture says, pray continuously, pray at all times, mm-hmm. um, most of that is listening, uh, being aware of the Holy Spirit speaking into our lives, uh, reflecting on the Bible. Um, meditation is a way to pray as well. That's just, mm. that's just listening to the Necessary. scriptures that we read and contemplating those in our minds and letting the Holy Spirit speak to those. Letting, that's a weird way to put it. Yeah. Uh, listening as the Holy Spirit right. does speak to those, right? Um, listening more than we speak. And then when we do speak, it's in- interceding for the saints. When we do speak, it's it's God enlighten me. God, may your will be done. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. God, through the trials and tribulations. So people ask me all the time, will you pray for my tribulation? Will, will you pray for my, uh, I, I need some money to come in this week. And my prayer is not just blanket. God, please just do that for this person. Mm. My prayer is God, if it would serve you best, can we see this person healed from MS? Right. Right. God, right. God, if it is in the best interest of your, of your kingdom, can you heal this person? Can you do this? Can you provide this money for this person? But God, no matter what your answer is, please reveal yourself to this person and call them into your kingdom. Like, like that is my, that is my prayer. Um, and it's, it's difficult for me to just pray now, God, can I have this? God, can you just give that person that? Um, because my, my focus is, is higher than just the momentary issues of this life, the trivial issues of this life. It's, oh yeah. It's, it's kingdom. It's, God, may your will be done and may your kingdom come, which is how, which is how Christ taught us to pray. Yeah. And I, I don't think a lot of people realize that because we're so focused on us, our happiness and our gratification. There seems to be a theme here. Like that's. Maybe we need, maybe we need some teaching on prayer. <laughs> yes. <In the> church. <laughs> because I, I've noticed that you know, God generally, I, I, don't have I don't have empirical evidence, but God generally doesn't heal people of of diseases like cerebral palsy or right. or those type things. I mean, he does, but not all the time. Yeah, right? It, it's very very. I I don't know of anyone who's been healed of a what's the term I'm looking malady. For? Yeah, of a of a disease of the body that 
they don't have a cure for. Right. I, I've never met anyone who was cured of polio or leprosy. Now they say that that uh, oh, what's that thing that kills everybody? Uh, smokers get lung cancer. Cancer. No. Oh, yeah. Say, well, cancer has been cured. It's in remission because it comes back more often well, than not. It comes well, the secret back. to yeah. cancer is everybody's got it. Yeah. I, it, just, it, just takes, it just takes, it just takes an uncontrollable cell, but, cell division. But, you know, where, where does God get glory if someone's healed because they don't go running down the street saying, Jesus just healed me. He touched me. They say, put that guy in the loony bin. But most people will say, boy, you were lucky even in the church. Oh yeah. Except for maybe a few people will say, well, God's been dying for a while. So. I was um, in my teenage years. This is before I was a Christian, so I was not healed because I had the faith to be healed. Yeah, right. But I was healed because God is good, and my malady was asthma. Oh, and you're uh, here. You go. You're in the right area too. All right. So Perfect. I I had to carry an inhaler with me. Yes. Um, I struggled to play baseball and basketball because breathing was difficult for me. And one day, uh, and a charismatic guy, his doctrine was not sound. <laughs> okay. Right, right. And uh, he asked for those. I was at a D-Now weekend at a, the church we attended, and he asked people with asthma and back problems to stand up. Reluctantly, I stood up, and he prayed for healing. Right. I had both asthma and my back hurt all the time, and uh, I was not healed immediately. But? But I woke up the next morning, and I never needed my inhaler again. And never experienced the back pain that I chronically had before that. Right. Um, so I, the only answer is, well, God, because he is good, not because there was a man with sound doctrine praying. Right. And I, not because of my faith, because I didn't have any. This was before I even knew Christ. Um, felt it would benefit his kingdom to heal me for his own glory. Um, so I, I firmly believe in, in healing power. And I seem to read in... Uh, the book of James, that if anyone mm-hmm. in the church is sick, is sick, right. uh, they can call upon the elders of the church to anoint them with oil and pray for them. And the indication there is that um, since the elders of the church are to be the, the example of righteous living, living within the righteousness of Christ, not their own righteousness, right? that their righteous prayer availeth much, which is also right, right, right. Uh, even saving the soul from damnation, right? Which which means confession of sin during that time. There's a whole lot that goes into that. Confession of sin at that time uh, means um, affirming that one is in Christ and part of the local church. And then the elders can pray and anoint with oil. Uh, oil and this is, particularly for the elders of the church. Like it's very specific. Have the elders mm-hmm. of the church do this, not just Joe Christian, not just Joe. Christian. Right, right, right. Call upon the elders of the church and they will anoint you with oil and they will pray over you. And that prayer is powerful. I'm not sure about all the inner workings there, I'm not either. but it's, but it is amazing that we receive that promise in scripture. And that is one thing that we, the elders of the church at Sunsites will do for members of our congregation because, because we are people of the book. It doesn't matter if we understand how it works or not. Uh, that's what scripture instructs. So we, we follow, you know, you know I, I believe in the providence of God. And I believe in everything that happens on this earth has already been preordained by God mm-hmm. for, in his counsel for whatever reason. So therefore, prayer won't change his mind. It's not 
prayer is to change our mind. Mm -hmm. Prayer is for us to commune with the Father and the, through the Son and in the power of the Holy Spirit. But we get this idea that that, that prayer is, is to get something. I think in one of the Psalms it says, hmm. if all you want is Christ, you can have what you want. That's it. Psalm 37 4. I'm right there. The Lord and he will I'm right the there. Of your heart. But as we get older, we get more maladies too. It's, oh, 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 oh. You can't well, walk I, around on this earth. Gravity after 80 years will do something <laughs> to your energy. It just does. Which is why we should colonize the moon. <laughs> now let's go to Jupiter, somewhere weird that nobody's seen. Well, movies. the moon has less gravity. That's what I'm saying. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. You can oh, hey, man, you I could you can jump it. We, we don't know about the moon, but the moon could have the moon could have Adam and Eve, and the children are all there happy, and we don't need to bring our sin up to them on the moon. Well, is, is that what the guys discovered when they when they went on their secret mission during the? However long was was silent with with no video, right. the operation right. right. where they went to the dark, minutes. went to the dark side of the moon. Maybe that's what they discovered. Like, oh, Adam and Eve, and you know, there's Jesus. And they, they went. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, the brain goes to some weird places. I think of the dark side moon and go up there, and there'd be Pink Floyd playing an album. I'm I sorry, I can't help that. I did that the Transformers, man. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you live on the dark side. But I understand it's chilly there. It's like 220 yeah, degrees cold. below zero or something. I don't know. It's, I don't know. it's too you cold. You only see me. one side of the moon. Boy, we're really getting strange here, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm but cold you know, and it's 65 degrees when outside. It, when in my bedroom, the moon goes oh, right that across. Wonderful. So if oh, I'm yeah. awake, I see it and I look at it and I think, that moon. I see an Adam and Eve. Oh, Napoleon Bonaparte, Alexander the Great, all these big names in Christ. The same sun warms his back to warm stars. The same moon yeah. that on a clear night it is bright. You could, you could almost read by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just a reflection of the sun. Right. So we're moons reflecting the light of the sun. Hey, I've been into meteorology all my life, and he just fried my brain. <laughs> Even though, even though we don't want to go to South Korea and be moonies. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about That's it, bad. What, what, glory, what glory do we have? Everyone knows above the age of reasoning that they're going to die. I mean, it, it was, Nobody's getting out alive. Yeah, but nobody lives like that. Right. That we're going to die in the next moment. We're not promised the next moment. When you think about time, which is strange, the only time you have is now. Here's yes. Now it's gone. Here's another one. It's gone. Here's, Here's another, another one. It's gone. gone. Here's another. And when we look back on our life, if we're not in Christ, they're good times. Mm. We're sad because they're gone. Yeah. And the bad oh. times, we're sad because they happen. And there's no joy in it. Right. There's no, there's no joy in, in that life. And I, there's how much joy do you think is in the world? <laughs> Not a lot. Well, Big lack of that right now. That's another thing the Holy Spirit teaches. Talk about again this illustration right here on my watch. Right. Yeah. That's one thing Christ teaches us: is live, live in the moment. Don't live in the past. Don't live in the future. Uh, live now. Uh, serve the kingdom that's... now. Uh, don't waste your moment. And when God gives you moments to enjoy. Enjoy those moments because those moments will be yes. will be gone. Uh, don't don't regret the past. No, right? mm -hmm. the major the person Learn you from are. it. No, don't but al but also don't like um, 
highly regard. There are guys I know I went to high school with. They're still glory, talking about high school. Their glory years were high school. Oh, they're and it's it's like yes. yeah, life has so much to offer in the moment, and and I hope that every year I live, I hope that's my best year and and my most profitable year, spiritually speaking. Right, right, right that book. Joel Osteen says, this is the best time you ever some such thing. Remember that? Yeah, your best life now. Yeah, your best uh, life. The, sl- the, the title is great. Yeah, <laughs> if, if, you mean, if, you mean, if you mean something godly by it, which he does not. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. No, if you, to regret the past. It's, oh. you know, having, I don't well, know. You know what? Let me retract my statement. That's not the best title after all, because What's our best, our best life is not now. It'll be in the resurrection. Thank you. But uh, considering, like, live in the moment, if that's what you mean by it, then, yeah, Christ teaches us to do that. Yeah, but not yeah. the way the world thinks of it. Right. But you know what? Mm. To regret the past, but I still don't want to shut the door on it. I want to keep the memories a little green mm. of what it well, was. Because yeah. it keeps me from doing it again. Yeah, before Christ. Yeah. And, you know, some, if you put one foot in yesterday mm. and the other foot in tomorrow, you're going to squat on today. And today's where you live. So if, you, if, if a lot of us live like that, mm-hmm. we yeah. talk about our glory days and that this is going to happen in the future. And today is just some way to get through till tomorrow yeah. when it's going to Look, be better. Uh, your your life may not. You're in Christ. Your life may not ever get better according to the standards of the world. Right. That's, uh, that's why we receive the instruction in Scripture. And this is entirely against the, the revival of the liberation gospel today, the, the woke church movement, right? Or the woke culture movement. Um, scripture instructs us, if you are a slave, mm-hmm. remain a slave. Yes. Serve, serve Christ in your current context. If you are wealthy, remain that way. If you are poor, remain that way. Be content, serve Christ in your current context, for he has provided your context. Um, now, Take that and do with it what you will, but the Christian life breeds contentment in the here and now. Understanding, I don't have to go make another dollar. I don't have to. Yeah, give up my, right. I don't have to give up my time with the community of faith right. on Sunday so that I can make another dollar. Christ right. has called me to be content rather than right. sorted right. rather than right. self-seeking. The grass on the other side, it's probably not greener because the world is the world. Everybody has their problems. And everybody has their struggles and everybody has their tribulations, such as the nature of this world. Right. Be content. Serve Christ. Be a, be a part of Christ's body. Commit yourself, covenant with a, with a local church, and live the life God gave you to live. Uh, he has not charged us to better our circumstances. Oh, Lord, no. He has not charged us to be <laughs> a success according to the ways of the world. Yeah. He has not charged us to gain much influence. He has, he has charged us with one task. Be faithful. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't matter whether you are slave or free. Right. Doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman in this case, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Doesn't matter what sins you struggle with. Be faithful with what God has given mm-hmm. you to do on this earth. Ew, uh, boy, there's no retirement a, for the Christian. That's a, uh, oh, I wish. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's uh, a tattoo Retirement from right worldly there. things, but not yeah. from the things of God. We are to be faithful in every stage of life and every circumstances. Uh, Albert, we, don't, we don't have slavery anymore, but I think it said if you're slavery, 
if you're a slave, be content. But if you can be free, be free. Yeah, right. Be free. You know, it's, there's no, there's nothing wrong with getting free. If you're a slave to alcohol, be free. If, if you're a slave to whatever, fill in the blank. Food. Yeah. Food. I was a slave to food for many years. Whatever, 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 whoever masters you. You know where the spirit, where the spirit of the Lord is, is liberty. Mm-hmm. And I think we misunderstand. I think of liberty as doing that which Christ wants me to do because I want to. Exactly. And not because Boy. I have to, because I want to. And that—that's freedom. Yeah. Well, you talk about being a slave to to alcohol or any number of any, things. Any number of things. Right. Work. Um, the sin in view on Sunday, technology. Yeah. The, the sin in view on Sunday. Uh, the umbrella term, yeah. porneia. Mm-hmm. This is probably the last thing we'll have time to talk about. So it's a good note to end on. We'll get back to the text. We've come full circle, right? So uh, the, um, the umbrella term used for that sort of immorality, sexual immorality, is porneia. Mm-hmm. And porneia encompasses everything. We get the English word pornography from it, right? So it encompasses right. everything from um, addiction to pornography, or use of pornography, mm-hmm. to homosexuality. And mm-hmm. I mentioned on Sunday that this even includes heterosexual relationships in which people are more concerned about their own gratification references their own identity rather than really loving another person sacrificially in christ the way that christ loves his church that god designed marriage the way he did for a reason his Mm. glory um, and that our preferences and our identity actually have nothing to do with biblical marriage, right? right. I, I shouldn't get married because I think someone's hot and can satisfy me, right? That's, that's not the right reason to get married from a Christian perspective. So when we're talking about addiction, uh, addiction to porneia is something that defines our culture, whether it's addiction to pornography mm-hmm. or addiction to gratifying myself according to my own preferences or identity. Right. That's a consequence of living in America today, in the Western world today, which tells you <laughs> that is a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's not, right? Um, this is an addiction that defines our culture at large, and this is an addiction that is lightly addressed if addressed at all in the modern day church, because people don't want to step on it. You start addressing people's secret sins. Well, now you, Oh, you won't get into it. So this addiction to porneia and what it means to be free from porneia and what it means to be content in our afflictions, it means a lot. So if I am to be content in my afflictions, um, then if I am tempted at all, God may have that temptation in my life to accomplish a purpose, right? Uh, that purpose would be my humility and his glory. Right. Um, now, for the Christian, that temptation should, in all reality, the more we know Christ, become less and less. But that temptation still serves a purpose. So you pull up a, an image on a computer. That doesn't mean you go into hell. No. Um, it means... If you are in Christ, God is working on you through that temptation. And if you don't feel guilty, some people just don't feel guilty after that, right? If you don't feel guilty, that was a sign. If if you don't feel guilty, you're probably not in Christ. I, I didn't feel guilty about my sin before I was in Christ. Only after I came to Christ did I start to feel guilty about my sin. And this was one of my sins. I don't think it is for everybody in the United no. States, right? For I don't, man. And it's if I am tempted, God is using that. 
I'll feel guilty afterwards and God will use that to work on my heart and to write his law more so on my heart. That, that is a wonderful thing. But eventually we do want to overcome temptation, right? So there's contentment in the affliction, but we shouldn't be complacent in our temptation. And I, I wanted to make that, I wanted to make that clarification here, yeah. um, especially concerning pornea, which is perhaps the most ingrained sin in the Western world. Well, sure. Society says it's perfectly okay. Yes, it's, it's acceptable because of their arrogance. Yeah. But Scripture teaches us that <clears throat> there's no temptation that's not common to man that comes to Christians. Yeah. Right. That, that's right. That, and that Christ will find a way out for you in your temptation. If We don't know how strong a temptation is until we resist it. Oh, right. <laughs> until yeah. then, it's, you know, just, we, just, we just cave in. But I think maybe in our temptations, we're, we're closer to Christ than we are in our when everything's the goose is hanging oh, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It says we haven't we haven't resisted it to the point of blood. And I think of Christ when it says he bled as it were a great drops of blood. And I assume that that was blood. Yeah. It wasn't just as it were. So Christ must have been greatly tempted to call down. He it didn't say I can't call down. He says I can. I can call them down. Right. I think he was tempted to call them down. I, I think that at that well, time. Well, Christ was tempted in every way that oh, a person yeah. was tempted. That he said, you know, if you can find another way, let, let's do it. Do you have a plan B? No, there's, right. no, there's no plan <laughs> B, my son. And he knew that. Mm-hmm. He knew that. But, he, you know, it's, it's when we have temptation, Scripture says that that's when Christ, the old English word, that's where Christ suckers us, suckers us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, comes along, the Holy Spirit comes alongside. The Holy Spirit comes alongside us. He's not just within well, us. And a good father raising his children. But mm. people feel guilty all the time because they're tempted. Don't feel bad because you're tempted. Oh, no. But do feel bad if you've you become temptation, right? No, do right. feel bad because through that, it, it doesn't mean you've lost your salvation. It does mean Christ is working on you, uh, which is beautiful, right? Um, and repent, <laughs> just, yeah. just repent. God already knows your sin by telling him your sin. You, you're not telling him something you didn't already right. Right. confess, say, God, I'm sorry. Help me to work on this. And he will, he'll also give you opportunities to overcome that sin. Right. Um, which, uh, be ready before you pray for God to help you overcome a sin because he's going to give you opportunities to overcome the sin. Same is true with patience, yeah. right? You pray for patience, God will give you opportunities to oh, be patient. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, that's the way God oh. works. And that's the way we are sanctified. The Holy Spirit has to wrestle with us. Yeah. Um, and that is a process. We don't overcome all sins all at once. But when we do sin, we repent. Christ is faithful to forgive, and he writes his law more upon our hearts. This is the process of sanctification. And eventually, we want to overcome our sins. And that's what it means to live in mastery over sin. So again, we've, yeah, we've come full so. circle here. Right? But you know, on the cross, there was a transaction between the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. The, the script, I, no, one, no one understands what, what happened, what that transaction was. Well, we have some idea because Scripture tells us that Christ has taken away the sins of the world. But there is a transaction between the Father and the Son that, that we'll never understand. Right. And there's a beauty there that, that's, that surpasses anything that we have on this earth. And yet, we don't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We sin, and I've said before, and I believe this, we sin because we want to. We, we enjoy mm-hmm. our sin because we do not understand the beauty of the holiness of Christ. Mm-hmm. And the father and their relationship. And it's a relationship of a father and a son. It's not superior. 
Yeah. What do they call it? The eternal subordination of the Son to the Father. Out of love and respect. I think I think yeah. that I think Christ does the Father's will. He knows the Father's will. Yeah. He doesn't have to talk to him. I've said before, what do they talk about if they know everything? It's not it's audible good, words, it's a series of glances and they just know. <laughs> <laughs> That nobody says a word. They've been talking for hours. Well, there's something. When did Christ walk by Peter when he was at the fire warming himself? Mm-hmm. He glanced at Peter, and Peter saw him, and then Peter went up. There was, there was a communication there, which was deeper than words. Oh, yes. There was, there was, I think there was a hurt in Christ's eyes that Peter cut him to the quick. Probably. Probably hurt tremendously. What scripture says it does. Yeah. But Christ doesn't make too great a demands on us. If you think about it, really, well, his, yeah. his yoke really is easy in his yeah. burden life. What's your, what's your other option? Yeah, your to resist option? and put yourself in torment and tumultuous well, lifestyle. The other option, the other option is be good enough for worldly religion or be good enough for worldly culture, right? Where where Christ <laughs> says you don't have to be good enough. I'll write my law upon your heart. That's the difference between what Christ does in sanctification, and what the world tries to force, right? Right. It's, very, it's legalism versus Christ. It's chaos versus Christ, right? Mm. And Christ's way is, oh, way easier on us. His yoke really is easy and his burden really is light. And, yes, uh, you know, if people understood that, they'd be flocking to the church rather than the world. <laughs> so, yes, but, yeah. but they don't have ears to hear. Yes, he told right. Peter, why are you kicking against the pricks? Yeah. <laughs> move the wagon along. You don't need to go to the right or the left. Yeah. But what, yeah. All right, y'all, we are out of time. Thank you so much for uh, for being here this morning. Ken's gone, so we'll give him a hard time later. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Blacktop Pulpit by the Church at Sunsites. Uh, please check out the church at sunsites.com. Check out uh, the sermon from this last Sunday, which we were talking about uh, here on this episode. Uh, past sermons, past Bible studies, other resources there for you, news and events from the Church at Sunsites. Be sure to pray over our ministries and be sure to click that donate button. Uh, Every dollar donated um, through Blacktop Pulpit or designated Blacktop Pulpit uh, goes to our Deacons Benevolence Fund so that our deacons can continue to serve our, our church and community well. Thank you again for joining us. We will catch you next time. Yes.